Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The Blue Delta Jeans postgame show is brought to you by who else? Blue Delta Jeans. The holy grail of blue jeans. The pair that fits you so perfectly, it's like they were made just for you. Because they were. Blue Delta Jeans is a Mississippi-based company whose one-size-fits-one jeans are handmade in the U.S. to fit you and only you. Both Brad and myself have multiple pairs of Blue Delta Jeans, so trust us when we tell you your search for the perfect pair or pairs is over. Blue Delta Jeans caters uniquely to your size. You don't even have to visit Oxford to get them either. Simply visit BlueDelta.com, BlueDelta.com right now. Don't wait and see your virtual tailor. Go online to answer 12 questions and be honest, a Southern man should never ask a woman weight, height, shoe size to provide Blue Delta your measurements. And once you've made your selections, submit your order and in just a few weeks, your custom made jeans will arrive at your door. As if you needed further convincing, Blue Delta jeans are the official jeans of Team USA in the Ryder Cup. And right now they're proud to offer their classic Indigo Smooth denim jeans with the Ryder Cup logo on the watch pocket. So what are you waiting on? Blue Delta jeans are comfortable on the first wear, but will feel even better over time as the jean breaks in and they're made just for you in Tupelo, Mississippi. So visit BlueDelta.com today, BlueDelta.com, and use our promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC, for $50 off your first purchase. That's BlueDelta.com, promo code TOC, for $50 off your first purchase. Your search for the perfect pair of jeans is over. Blue Delta Jeans, the title sponsor of the Talk of Champions post-game show. Ready? Wow, this game is over. The Blue Delta Jeans post-game show. It's more fun than it looks. With Ben Garrett and Bradley Sowles. Blue Delta Jeans post-game show. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. The Golden Egg stays at Ole Miss. Ole Miss beats Mississippi State in the Battle of the Golden Egg, 31-21, to in a game that pretty much dominated because of its defense and the offense, despite the last handful of games, came through in the second half. And Bradley Sal is fired up. Hey, buddy. What's up, man? Feels great. Best season in a while and a long time for Ole Miss. So, um, you know, th- no better way to close it than, than than hoisting the egg down in Starkville. Um, I know people worry about this game. I'm pretty sure nobody cares how we played versus Vandy now. Um, that's just what we do. We come back versus a big game and um, and look great all around. First ever 10 win regular season. Now, granted, going into halftime, Katie Hill goes down, might have faked an injury, but that's part of the game. <laughs> Fainted injuries is a part of the game now especially against these fast offenses. And after that play, three straight drops by Mississippi State, followed by a missed field goal, which in many ways zapped any and all momentum from Mississippi State that almost held to open the second half and offensively took over defensively just all the way around a great, great effort led by Sam Williams, who finishes the regular season with 12 and a half sacks, a single season Ole Miss record, two against Mississippi State. He owned that game. Yeah, what, what's Lane Kiffin say? Two things when you go on the road in a hostile environment. Pack your run game, pack your defense. Ole Miss did both of those. Man, Sam Williams, I, I know there's been a lot of great moments in Ole Miss history. You will remember this game forever as the Sam Williams game. The What he was doing out there was unbelievable out of a three-man rush. I mean, dude, he was – you go back and watch that film. You can call it the left tackle first round or whatever. He was crushing him too, crushing the right tackle, left tackle. Really, he's getting held mostly, but still was able to get sacks. He was he was wreaking havoc, man. It got to the point where, where at the end of the game, Will Rogers was looking over his shoulder. I mean, he did not want to sit in there long because he knew who was coming. So the Sam Williams game, I'll remember this game as one of the greatest performances in Egg Bowl. Sam Williams, man, was absolutely dominating this game. I think he he was one of the – him and Matt Corral, I mean, uh, unbelievable days. Unbelievable days, and Matt Corral can now take a step back prepare for the Sugar Bowl, the Peach Bowl, if he plays in it, which I expect him to, but he might not. 
and appreciate how far he's come and the road ahead for him. It ends in a perfect way, does the regular season, beating Mississippi State in Starkville. It almost took control of that game and really never gave it back up. And it all came back to Matt Corral and that incredible touchdown run where he did a spin move and got into the end zone. Now, the interception let Mississippi State back in it a little bit, but that game really wasn't in doubt once Ole Miss went up 24-6. to Yeah, agreed, man. Um, You know, Matt Corral tonight, I'm glad, you know, I I know he went through a little stretch there where he couldn't run, and it, you know, it it was tough on our offense. But, man, whenever he can run that that third down draw, uh, whenever he can make some stuff happen with his legs, which which that that Ely um, holding was bull crap. That is not a holding. He should have got credit for that. should have been another another third down, um, just like the face mask as well. So, you know, what what he did tonight with his legs is – has been the reason Ole Miss offense has been so good, and um, having that back was um, was really the difference tonight. Charles Cross, the offensive tackle for Mississippi State, is going to be a first-round NFL draft pick. And I think you texted me during the game, and you asked, is it more Charles Cross is overrated or Sam Williams is underrated? It's Sam Williams is underrated. Yeah, this man absolutely. has made himself so much money this year. Last year, took a little bit of a step back. He made himself into a top three round pick. I want people to realize what Sam Williams is doing. Okay. So he is rushing out of a three down, meaning that they have the free will to put a back over to chip him. He can never do an inside move because there's always a guard free to, to clean him up on the inside. And he's still getting pressures and sacks. What would he look like if he had a three technique rushing against the guard and he had free will to go inside, outside, or, I mean, what he is was able to do this year out of a three down front where he was really outnumbered is, is incredible. And man, yeah, you're right, man. Coach Coach Joyner deserves a raise. Um, great job with this kid and the talents there. Uh, I'm excited to see um, you know see what what the future holds for him. But man, he's a special talent. He's he's in my opinion the one of the best pass rushers ever come through Ole Miss, if not the best. Um, really, really, really will have a chance to be be a good player at the next level. And, and I know for a fact that he's going to test amazing because. He can run. I mean, he, he's going he's gonna to put up some, some crazy numbers whenever he runs his 40 and stuff as well. This Ole Miss team did something that no Ole Miss team had ever done before, a 10-win regular season. Matt Corral, he's not going to win the Heisman, but he's definitely in the conversation, might make the trip to New York. Injuries really derailed that campaign. Where does this team now rank as far as historical teams in Ole Miss football history? It's got to be one of the best, right? Yeah, I think I think it is, man. And it wasn't like they did it with an easy road either. I mean, they had a tough, a decently tough schedule, man. I mean, you had to go on the road to Auburn, on the road to Alabama. Arkansas was better this year. I would say this is probably the best that all around the West has has been. Um, you know, and who would ever known LSU would be the the bottom feeder of the West? You know, and still probably get maybe get a bowl game here. So. Um, yeah, man, I don't. Uh, I, I, it'll be tough to to argue another team that that's better than this one all around. Um, you know, and, and like we said earlier in the year, man, if our defense just improves, you know, this is what we thought we would see. And the defense, not only did they improve, they became one of the strengths the last you know five six games. Um, man, you go into the game versus Mississippi State, we're only um, they only given up six points into the fourth quarter. I mean, that's some that's 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 pretty darn good defense along with a, with a very very good offense. So. Um, like we said, man, the defense defense is just improves a little bit. This is a team that, that likely wouldn't lose a game or have a chance to win every game, and, and they they did just that. And it's um you know it's it's an awesome year. I'm excited to see us close it out. A story for the season will be the injuries, though, because if you think about this, had Ole Miss not gotten so banged up, they probably beat Auburn. Even banged up and getting Auburn's best shot when Auburn was playing its best this season, Ole Miss still had a chance to win that game. Didn't win the game. The game script went poorly at Alabama. But had the injuries not had happened, at worst, they just lose Alabama. And right now, they're in contention for the playoff. Yeah, yeah, it is unfortunate. But you know what? You got to um, look up and be thankful for what you did do. Um, you know, it's it just one of those things where, you know, this happened happened the one year whenever we had the crazy play with Arkansas, too. I mean, it's happened to us before. Um, you know, Laquan Trevor gets hurt versus Auburn. There's a lot of times where you feel like, hey, something had to go your way, um, you know, to get there. But at the end of the day, man, you just got to be appreciative of what we did do and what we did do in a year when the West is is pretty darn loaded. The SEC is a pretty good conference this year. It always is. But this year, I feel like the West is is, is exceptional um, with a lot with a lot of you know, no walkovers in the West. And we finished second to Alabama, um, you know, pretty, pretty darn good year coming off of where we were just were two years ago. And I still don't think the depth's there for Ole Miss. Like, I don't think talent wise, we're anywhere near Alabama. I would say if you look at what we did. 
um, you know, as a team for what we got. Now we do have a great quarterback and some solid players, but you're not digging too deep down there with the depth. So, um, you know, I, I would say for a value play that the fact that we're going to be somewhere in that six, seven range likely to finish the season, maybe even five, um, you know, per, pretty darn good value for what we got. Absolutely. No chippiness. Really. There was a little bit at the end, excuse me. There was one instance. I can't, I think it was an onside kick return and almost recovered the second onside kick. And there on the sideline, some Mississippi State players started yapping, maybe at Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin kind of said something back to him. But outside of that, really no chippiness in this Egg Bowl. We were used to seeing the hiking of the leg of Elijah Moore, the 1997 pregame fight, just the animosity and the anger and the hatred between these teams bubble over in some way in the Egg Bowl. And it didn't happen. And it was refreshing to see. It was just a game. Yeah, I will say this, though. There was no no crazy incidents, but Lane kind of played real real down and whatever this week, kind of played it down. Go watch him all game. He was talking crap. He was talking crap across the sideline and was was you can just see it in his eyes. Something was different about Lane today. It's like he played it down, but when he got to the game, he really wanted this one. And um, Lane was – he was a little bit animated. That this He always is, but but this game he was a little more animated than usual, which was awesome to see. Um, you know, he, he, you can get, he can give you a bad message sometimes on his interviews. You think, oh, you know, what's the deal? He's not happy. But when he's out there working and doing his job, um, he was pretty into it tonight. And that, that, was, that was pretty cool to see. What are you going to be looking for now? Not just the bowl, where Ole Miss ends up, which is probably the sugar or the peach, depending on what happens with Alabama. If Alabama beats Georgia, both Georgia and Alabama are going to the playoff. But I still think that the college football playoff committee is trying to make sure that Alabama gets in no matter what. That's what they want. They want Alabama in the playoff. I don't think they're going to allow anything to derail that for them. What is right now the most important thing for Ole Miss fans, football fans, to be paying attention to for this program in this future? Well, I think number one is um, we – we need to see what happens with Lane here, man. I, I know that um, I know that's been kind of the talk of the town, but but man, I'd love to see him go in there and sign an extension or whatever, you know, just just to just to get that out of the way, so that's not talked about the whole you know, whole bowl season or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I think that would be something good to get off the plate early. Um, you know, I know it's going to be a stressful thing for Ole Miss fans and and in general, but I think some kind of security there would would be would be cool going forward for for Ole Miss fans, so we can kind of focus on the bowl game. But I think that's number one. And then number two, you know, let's um, let's get healthy as a team. Um, let's let's confirm that Matt Corral and everybody's going to play in the game. And then um, you know, you're, you're you're preparing to to go out there in a fully healthy Ole Miss team with a little rest. Man, we're going to be a tough a tough game for somebody. If Matt Corral's quarterbacking, they could beat anybody. They've proven that. No matter how uninspiring the game before was, Vanderbilt was uninspiring. Didn't matter. They were just getting through it. Same thing with Liberty. Then going to Texas A&M. We've touched on that before. But it's kind of gotten out there, and you and I have talked about this off-air. Lane Kiffin, we think, we're pretty well sourced on this, we think, has an offer in hand or a new contract in hand. He's got to sign it. And I hate to talk about this after the Egg Bowl, but this is now where all of our attention turns to. This is the silly season. Once the regular season is over, and for Ole Miss and Mississippi State, it's before every other team because the Egg Bowl is on Thanksgiving. So now that the game is over, we have to pay attention to it. We're going to get back to the Egg Bowl and everything, helmet stickers, Brad's big thing, all that stuff. The one thing that everybody needs to pay attention to, he's not in contention at LSU. He's not in contention at Florida. If Miami comes open, that's a danger spot. It has not come open. So right now, just enjoy the win. Know that a contract is in hand for him to sign. Enjoy the 10 wins. Recruiting might be frustrating you right now. Forget it. Would you rather finish top 10 in recruiting or top 10 in the country with 10 wins? Recruiting, it could be similar to last year, man. We could we could close pretty strong, and I think that you're going to look this year, and you're going to see, um, you know, there's some numbers crunching, going to have to go on. Some guys are going to have to go, and I think you're going to land more portal guys, um, you know, th- th- than we did last year. So I, we'll, we'll sh- I mean, re- recruiting never concerns me until you know until we we see the, see the finished product. Last year we kind of came on strong there at the end. Uh, maybe 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 the coaches turn their attention to that for the next four weeks and go go full go at it. Um, and, and start landing some guys. So yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, the, the recruiting never really concerns me until until it's you know the, the team the roster is actually configured nowadays because you get you can add a few you know four or five portal guys and that's just like getting you know four or five, five four stars that can play right away. So um, you just you just never know. Let's hear now from Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin following Ole Miss's thirty-one to twenty-one win over in-state rival Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night. Um, really you know, grateful of our players, you know, for them to come on a short week 
um, on the road in a hostile environment, very hostile. Um, you know, I'd been here one time before with Alabama, but it was different. There was different energy in there. Uh, really cost us actually on the early fourth down. We were trying to get out of it and players couldn't even hear us with, I guess they're not supposed to ring them at that point, but it seems like they were. So, you know, that cost us a critical situation there. And our defense really, you know, bend don't break the whole day and, you know, keeping them to all those field goal attempts was huge. And our offense struggled early. You know, those are really good defensive players. I said it all week. And you see them in Lawrence. They're really long. They've recruited extremely well there on well there on defense, and you can see it. Um, so, you know, it's it's not easy. And guys rose to the occasion and find a way to win. And, you know, they did it. You know, it wasn't easy. It's a top 10 rush defense and on the road. So, uh, just so proud of our guys and um, you know, just just awesome to see them. You know, before we got here, they, they've talked a lot about it. These fifth, six-year seniors, you know, what they've been through to get to this point, and um, you know, to watch them and, and just watch them sing there at the end and enjoy it uh, is really neat. And told them all week, you can do things that are special. You know, but it's really special if you do something that's never been done before at a place. They'd never won 10 regular season games. And for this group of players and assistant coaches to do that was really cool. Nick Suss, go ahead. Lane, there's going to be a lot made about the 10 wins. Is this what you foresaw when you started the season, or, or did it kind of click for you later that you guys had this sort of potential? Uh, I would have foreseen this this season. I don't know if you would ask me two years ago necessarily when we first got here, but um, after spending a year um, with the offensive firepower and coming back, um, you know, uh, I don't know if I would have predicted if you would have told me the quarterback would have been hurt, all three receivers would have been hurt, and all three of those guys missed time and some all at the same time. I don't know that I would have predicted that, but our defense held us together through those injuries and did it again tonight, you know, and – I mean, the third downs are kind of crazy. 11 of 18 on offense, 4 of 14 for those guys was a huge, huge part of the game. Michael Katz, go ahead. Hey, Lane, I know when we've, we've talked to Matt earlier this year, he's brought up that there's just something special uh, about this team and the guys in the locker room. For, from your perspective, what is it that has kind of made this team a little bit different? I, I don't know. You know, I kind of call them blended family. Um, you know, it just kind of gets put together. Some have been here six years, you know, from the beginning, and some have been here one year. And they've come from all over the place. we got <clears throat> transfers, walk-ons, everything. So um, it's really cool to see them pick each other up. Every coach always says, you know, this team's a family, and they say that every year, and that's not really true. Um, so this is one of those unique years, unique teams they really are, and they protect each other like that and play for each other like that. Like Top Meyer, go ahead. Yeah, Lane, um, you guys at this point are probably almost certainly going to a New Year's Six bowl game. Um, can you put into perspective what that means for Ole Miss football? Well, I hope we are because they just all celebrated like we are. So you have some really upset players. They went 10 and 2 in the SEC and, and aren't. So um, it's just, it, it really is remarkable, um, you know, what, what these kids did. And um, they call themselves band of brothers and they really are. And that's just, it's really special. And again, never doing 10 regular seasons do it. Football has been played here a long time. And, you know, and the SEC is as strong as ever, um, you know, with more SEC teams than there used to be. So it's even harder. And so really, really special deal. Nick Suss, go ahead. Lane, was there a point in the spring or summer or maybe even in the fall when you saw the defense kind of believe in itself for the capabilities it's shown later in the year? Yeah, I think they had some scrimmages where, you know, when we're full strength on offense. Um, you know, when Ben was there and the receivers are healthy, we're, we're really good with this quarterback. And so, you know, our defense had, would struggle. And then there was a time, there's a couple of scrimmages that they really stopped the offense. And I think they felt that confidence and it just started in the Louisville game, <clears throat> you know, just such a different feeling to the way that they hit the way that they played. Um, and obviously schematical change helped and transfers helped, you know, kind of went free agency 
whether it was new guys like Chance coming right now or guys that had sat out last year, you know, like Otis and, and Mark. Like Topmeyer, go ahead. And Springer, obviously, sorry. Lane, I don't know if you've thought about this, but, um, you know, there's a lot of talk in, in the offseason about a 12-team playoff. If that were in place today, you all would be headed to the playoff for the chance to, to win, play for the national championship or compete for it. Um, has that thought crossed your, your mind? And, um, you know, what do you what do you think about it, if, if so? The, the fact that if that were in place, you guys would be playoff bound. Yeah, I don't think that way. I mean, that's fun for fans and you guys to write about to give people something to read, but that's not the case. So it doesn't matter. So I don't really think about things that aren't possible. Any other questions for coach? You never know. Maybe everybody will lose Saturday and we'll get in. You never know. Uh, yeah, I, I'll follow up not on that thought, but uh, with, I don't with know the, analytically if that's possible. I haven't studied analytics. Not uh, with with the defense. Um, I guess to follow up on on what Nick asked, um, this a one year turnaround. What allowed for that to happen? I mean, you guys, it's been well discussed. We're not very good defensively last year, and, and kind of holding your own at, at this point. You know, are there a few things that maybe you think allowed for that to turn around as well as it has in one year? Yeah, two major things. A major schematical change, completely different. Um, wholesale on it you know we didn't go halfway and say okay on first and second down we're going to do it but on third down not you know we went all in on it. it's kind of like going tempo offense you know just going all in and and players I mean you know you got different players than a year ago out there too um playing you know with Otis and and Mark and Springer and Chance that's that's a lot of guys right there Nick Sass go ahead I know you kind of downplayed the rivalry this week, but after that elite touchdown, we saw you kind of get into it with your sideline and with some of the fans. Just what what does it feel like to you to kind of get swept up in the emotion of a moment like that? Yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that, but um, you know, I, I get it now. Um, like I said, it was different than coming here in Alabama. There is, you know, a lot of things said to you on the way out. Their players, you know, say a lot of things during the game and you know, it gets emotional and gets competitive. So I did kind of get caught up in that. And those those bells are really annoying, by the way. So, and they, they, don't, they don't even come close to following the rules. So whatever rule that is that they're supposed to stop, they don't. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. We're on three, one, two, three. Let's go. 
Brad's big thing. Brad, that was Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin. Ole Miss beats Mississippi State 31 to 21 to keep the golden egg in Oxford with Ole Miss. 388 total yards for Ole Miss, 420 for Mississippi State, 229 passing yards for Ole Miss, 336 for Mississippi State, 159 rushing yards for Ole Miss. That was key coming into the game. That's something that we talked about. Had to be good, and Ole Miss did that. It ran the ball well. Jerry on Ely, 16 carries, 60 yards. On a very sloppy field. It was rainy. It was windy. It was nasty. Snoop Connor, 14-54, two touchdowns, a long of 16, 3.9. Matt Crowell, 25-33, 229, one touchdown, one interception. Will Rogers goes 38 for 58 for 336. And Ole Miss holds Mississippi State to 21 rushing attempts for 84 yards, some of which they got pretty late. So if you look at the overall effort, what's your one big thing? I think the one glaring stat that sticks out is, is third down efficiency. So if you look in the game, Ole Miss was 11 of 18 on third down. Mississippi State was four of 14. You know, I, th- I think if you look at the, the you know, any time we're that, that efficient on third down and they aren't, the, the result's going to be be what it was. You know, and it, it was really a dominant game by Ole Miss. I think if you look at third down efficiency, that's that's probably what won the game. And then, then on the flip side of it, man, defense, um, I mean, it, it felt weird. It felt like they were giving up a lot of yards and giving up a lot of stuff, but they just weren't letting them in the end zone. So it, it stopped them when, when they had to. So it was a bend, don't break, but – you look at that third down efficiency. I think that was that was kind of the difference in the game. Mississippi State wasn't extending drives, and um, and, and Ole Miss was. I hate saying Ben don't break. I feel like it's so cliche. But Lane Kiffin even said that at halftime. Ben don't break. And if you look at the stats, Mississippi State was four of six in the red zone. But how many touchdowns? One. One. Well, they scored, they scored three on one drive. They just refused to take it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That was the damnedest thing I ever saw. That was the worst. That was the worst four plays in, in my, my football history of ever watching. I've never seen anything like that before, <laughs> ever. So I'm sitting there. I'm at my in-law's house, and my sister-in-law's boyfriend, huge Mississippi State guy, because traveling media, there's no point in going to these games. Only home media is allowed to do in-person interviews. So if you can't do in-person interviews, you can go to the game and sit in the press box or just sit at home because either way, you're going to be on a Zoom call. So there I am sitting in the living room of my in-law's house, and he's really into this game. You would have thought, honestly, the way he reacted, the devastation of this dude, that somebody in his family had died after those three plays. And I feel like that was a good encapsulation of how many Mississippi State fans felt in that moment because that was a completely deflating series of events. Three drop passes, one in which hit the running back in the face, then a missed field goal. Yeah, that was that was brutal, man. I ain't another other way to put, put it. That's, um, that's some sloppy bad ball right there. Terrible, and it turned the game around. So for all the feigning anger, Greg McElroy bitching complained about Katie Hill going down. Guess what? From a strategic standpoint... It worked. Now, I'm not saying because of KD Hill that they dropped three passes and missed a field goal, but it took them out of rhythm a little bit. They were rolling. And if they score a touchdown there, it's a completely different game. They go up 12 to 10. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But, um, you know, it is what it is that they, they have to make the plays. They didn't, and we did. So exactly. It, uh, it is what it is. Exactly. So now, Bradley Sal, who's played in this game, who has lived in this rivalry your entire existence. What are you feeling right now? You know, I, I think it's, um, you know, people know how this game is, man. It's just one of those things where um, it just feels good to cap, cap a season off, um, you know, winning that game. And I feel like this year, especially, it was important because we are, we are having a chance to have our best season in school history. And I'll be damned if we're going to let Mississippi State beat us in that game and finish second in the West on a year that was supposed to be one of our best seasons ever. So this one especially – felt really good because we were able to accomplish something with it. Um, you know, put a stamp on, on being the second best in the West, um, you know, and, and really put a stamp on this really good season we had, you know, and, and to do it down in third place, it's just a special feeling. You know, th- this was, this is a season where I do feel like we were the better team. We deserved it. State's up and coming now. They're going to be a good team for the next couple of years. We got to be ready for that. But this was old Mrs. Year. Um, you know, we, we, th- this was just, this was, this just felt like the right, the fitting ending for for the kind of season that we had and what we were able to accomplish all year. I don't mean to piss anybody off. Actually, I don't care. If Mississippi State fans don't like me, I, I really don't give a shit. But I haven't watched much Mississippi State this year. I just haven't. I've barely watched any of their games. This was my first extended look at Mississippi State. And coming in, it was a hot pick to pick Mississippi State to beat Ole Miss. 
And I get it. Mississippi State had been playing really well over the course of the last month plus. Playing better than Ole Miss, more consistently well than Ole Miss. Ole Miss was coming off an uninspiring win over Vanderbilt. But watching that with completely objective eyes, and some will scoff at that, oh no. Ben, you write for the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com and affiliate of Ole3.com. And right now, we have a Black Friday deal. If you sign up for the Ole Miss Spirit, you get 50% off. But oh, you're a homer. You grew up an Ole Miss fan. You've been covering Ole Miss for 13 years now. I thought Mississippi State was going to win. I let Tim Strickland make my pick and Spirit's pick just because I didn't want my people to come at me because I picked Mississippi State to win. But I hadn't watched them really. Ole Miss was a far better team. I texted you this. They were a far better team than Mississippi State. I could be completely wrong. Maybe my eyes were deceiving me. Maybe Mississippi no. State was off. Ole Miss looked like a better football team. Yeah, Ole Miss, Ole Miss was a much better football team, top to bottom. It's not, it wasn't even close. Um, you know, State was good. Yeah, I think they were at home, had the noise in their advantage, and really got dominated. Um, you know, State State is is not bad. They're not bad, but they, they, they've gotten better through it. They had a little stretch where they, they started playing better ball. But, um, you know, the overall scope of work, um, you know, throughout the year, a bad loss to Alabama, they lost to Memphis. Like, they just weren't – they aren't where Ole Miss is. And that's – you know, you, you nobody could look at that game and say, hey, Mississippi State was a better team. And, and it just – there ain't nowhere about – now they, now they are, are not bad. Super brutal to watch that offense. I mean, it's it's a dink and dunk. I mean, it's it's brutal to watch, but but they execute it well, and that they they have their moments. And I do think they're they're trending in the right direction, which is kind of scary. But you know that that's for a whole another year. But um, yeah, I, I think all in all, Ole Miss has, was the better team, and um, you know, just just had had more talent all around. Let's hand out some helmet stickers. We're going three, one, two, three. Let's go. Helmet stickers. Every single week here on the Blue Delta Jeans Post Game Show, we've handed out helmet stickers. Brad, your first goes to who? Um, <laughs> what I text you, I said, I said Sam Williams is not only going to get the helmet sticker, he's going to get the whole damn helmet. So, um, yeah, Sam Williams, I mean, uh, MVP of the game, absolutely. You know, I think he rattled Will Rogers. He was he was absolutely crushing both those tackles, um, especially the right tackle. But you know, be, really beating both of them was it was just continuously held held all night and it was really you know whatever he wanted it, he was able to get there so big night for him that's when my first one goes to him third and ten they drop eight had a switch hands and then he is sacked by sam williams one of the best in the country at taking down the opposing quarterback that's 11 and a half sacks on the year for sam this is why you can't just read the box score sam williams five total tackles four solos two sacks Two tackles for loss. That's a good night. But if you watched it, it was far, far more impactful than that. Yeah, he, he had to have, he had to have ten pressures. I mean, it was probably close to ten pressures or so at least. He was absolutely dominant against a potential first round offensive tackle pick in the NFL draft next spring. He's made himself some real money. Chance Campbell gets my first helmet stickers. Twelve total tackles, three solos, a half tackle for loss, and a pass breakup and two quarterback hurries. He was all over the place. He did it all year. This was a nice cherry on top of the Sunday of what has been an absolutely dynamic, memorable, non-Romelo Maggio impact one-year transfer. Because Chance Campbell, he could come back. He's put enough on film. He's probably gone. Of all the transfer guys they added, and most all of them were impactful. Jake Springer finished with 10 total tackles, five solos, two pass breakups. Yeah, He has been the most impactful. Very rarely do you see a guy step in and not only become a leading tackler, but a true leader for a defense or an offense. And Chance Campbell did that. He was exactly what this defense needed. How many people, me included, were stunned, didn't know what to make of Jacquez Jones transferring to Kentucky in June? Now, we said he saw what was coming. His snaps were about to be dipped into, if not taken over completely by Chance Campbell. It happened to Lakia Henry, Momo Sonogo with Mark Robinson and Chance Campbell. But Jacquez Jones, we thought, was a big loss. Turns out they were replacing him with their leader on defense. Will go down as the most impactful one-year transfer, if he leaves, one-year transfer in Ole Miss football history. I'll go as far as saying he's one of the best best linebackers to play at Ole Miss in history. I mean, I think I, he's, he's nowhere near a P. Willie or nothing like that. I'm not saying that, but but I would take a chance, Campbell, on just about any team we've ever had. So... Um, you know, the, the, the way him and Mark Robinson played all year, um, you know, those are the kind of guys we need to be recruiting and those are the kind of guys we need to have in there. 
um, their effort sideline to sideline was was next to next to none. I, I don't know if I've ever seen two linebackers play that that hard and, and, and that good for for Ole Miss. Your second helmet sticker goes to who? I'm gonna give it to Dontero Drummond. I think just had a had a pretty solid night. I mean, he he was they had a role for him. You know, a lot of swing passes. <clears throat> Mississippi State was doing a really bad job. Um, you know, in the flat, we're we're kind of playing soft and off, giving us the numbers, and we just took advantage of it, man. It made some big plays of it. Um, just had a solid night, man. I mean, he he made some really good really good plays. I mean, he looked looked exhausted half the night. He had like what 15 catches or something crazy, and um, you know, was motioning all over the place. I mean, he ran a marathon tonight. Good night for him. Huge night for him. Absolutely huge night for him. It feels like every single week we're talking about the same guys. I know. I mean, I mean, because that that's what it is. You have your five star players, and they show up every week, and that's why you win ten games. Thirteen catches, 133 yards, a long of 34. They were absolutely destroying. Was Ole Miss Mississippi State on the perimeter? Yeah, I mean, he was. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, they, they were they were giving us they were giving us you know basically two over three up top, and um, you know they did it multiple times. They never really adjusted to it. There was one time where. Um, Mingo got the ball and Sanders missed his block and got him crushed. But other than that, man, they were giving us two over three, and um, you know we were hitting the hitting, give, taking what they were giving us, um, and, and and making big plays out of it. Almost kept running the same play over and over, seemingly to Dontario Drummond. That little screen, it was like a bubble screen to Dontario Drummond to the left, to the right. It didn't matter. They just kept giving him the ball. He would get some blocks, and Mississippi State never had an answer for it. Explain that to me. How that happens. Well, I mean, they were. If you if you look up, I mean, if you watch the film, and you look over to the left. They had you know basically two guys playing over the the, the two receivers, and then um, you know just not nobody was motion or, or covering Dontario, whether it was a backer or maybe he was covered by safety from from far off, and they were playing soft and off. So you know why not give him the ball? And the guy that had a man or, or who was covering or who was responsible for the flat was just late getting there every time, and. Um, you know, they were able to get two decent blocks and, um, you know, take, I mean, they, they probably did that, that bubble screen in, in every different form imaginable, but they did it, you know, all night. And, um, you know, Mississippi State has never adjusted to it and, and put a guy down, you know, if you were to try to defend that, you'd want to come down and press and, um, you know, try to beat the blocks and get there quick. But, but then you also fear, Hey, if I come down and press, you know, and, and they fake the bubble screen, and I get beat over the top by by one on one. You know that they, they just weren't willing to give that up. So um, that that's the good thing about being dynamic and having good play calling is, um, yeah, you can take away that bubble screen, but then you may end up getting beat over the top for a long touchdown. So just a, just a good job exposing the the, the defense and, and taking what was given to us. Your third helmet sticker goes to who? Third helmet sticker, man, and this is going to be kind of odd, but I'm going to give it to old Kill Nation, man. He he stepped up. You stole uh, it a- from me, you bastard. <laughs> hey, he stepped up, made made all his kicks, um, you know, and, and really in the made that first field goal, which which I know was you know for, for a kid like that. Think about this: he comes out as a starting kicker for for Ole Miss. He misses one field goal, and he has to sit the bench the rest of the year and just eat it. You know what I mean? Like, like he he missed one field goal and he was that guy, but he came back tonight, made all his field goals, was able to end on a high note, even though he's not the starting kicker at Ole Miss. But he came in, filled in whenever was was highly needed, and and got the end on on a good note. Man, the thing about it, you get benched after one kick and you have to eat that all year. Well, now you got to come back versus Mississippi State. You, know, you scored what? What he scored? Freaking you know seven eight points in the game. So so good for that kid, man. I'm I'm proud of him, um, and he gets to end on a high note. A walk-on who has only attempted an extra point. First one of the year, and he missed it. Now gets the starting assignment tonight. His first field goal attempt, and he puts it through. So good for Kale Nation, who steps in for Caden Costa and can take a little bit of that pressure off his evening. I was going to go with Kale Nation because as we first reported in the Ole Miss Spirit, Caden Costa was suspended for the Egg Bowl. But Kale Nation, that's big because he missed his first kick, which was an extra point to start the year and never kicked again. So you know what? It's cheap. I could probably pick somebody else, but I'm not going to. I'm going to go with Matt Corral because he deserves it. Not just because of the performance, but because of the full year body of work. He's not going to win the Heisman, but he should. He's going to win the Conley Trophy, but it shouldn't even be close. Matt Corral will go down as if not the best Ole Miss quarterback ever, easily in the top three. And if you'd have told anybody that a couple of years ago, after the whole Rich Rod experiment blew up, before anybody knew that Lane Kiffin was on the way, and he was headed out the door, that this is where it would end up, the first ever 10-win regular season for Ole Miss. I doubt very few people would have believed that. He not only became one of the best players in college football, 
but one of the greatest leaders Ole Miss football has ever seen. And he showed it again in the Egg Bowl. Just everything he did as a rallier, as a leader, as a dominant quarterback. Matt Crow answered the bell time and time and time again. And he did something that no other quarterback in Ole Miss history, not Eli, not Archie, not Chad, not Bo Wallace, not Romero. No other quarterback did what Matt Crow just did. Corral, looking to run, spins his way in. Eleventh rushing touchdown of the season for the dynamic Matt Corral. All I was thinking about as you was talking was how I remember after the the year that Matt Lou got fired, we were talking about who the next quarterback was, and I was I was just laughing. I was like, yeah, definitely not Matt Corral. Probably gonna be John Rice. Um, you know, who would have ever saw? You know, about about as wrong as I could ever be on anything. But who would ever saw what was coming with that kid? And it's really a testament of a couple of things. One, he um, he changed his whole attitude and became this unbelievable leader and very mature, um, you know, awesome kid that 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 was, um, you know, really one of the best leaders in Ole Miss history. Um, you know, just as far as you know, taking over a team and and, and having a good mindset. And um, and two, I mean, he got matched up in the perfect situation. How many kids you think over the years just never got in the right offensive system, never got with the right coaches, and you never actually saw their full potential? Luckily for us, if Matt Crowell would have walked out of the door after that Rich Rod season, there ain't a soul in Ole Miss that would have even squawked at it or even cared. But he gets matched up with Lane Kiffin, and now you go, oh, my gosh, what if that kid would have walked out of out of this building? Um, and you've seen what kind of talent he actually had. Um, man, it's, it's just an awesome thing. Um, yeah, really, really, really good, really proud of him. Um, yeah, he goes down as one of the best Ole Miss quarterbacks ever. The first time this season is the first time Ole Miss has finished above 500 since 2015. That's yeah. remarkable, isn't it? That's <laughs> remarkable. Hey, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes you you wait out some tough stretches, and and there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And um, you know, proud of these guys that um, that stuck with it, and um, you know, help help turn Ole Miss around. Lane Kiffin has now won at least 10 games at three schools: USC, FAU, and Ole Miss, and he did it in year two. Now the Sugar Bowl, the Peach Bowl, both in play. Do you have a preference? Do you care? Um, yeah, I don't really mind, man. I think both of them are going to provide us with a quality opponent. I'm going to either one. I don't care which one it is. Um, yeah, I, I would prefer the Sugar Bowl because I think it'd be fun to play a Notre Dame or Oklahoma or one of those. I do not want to play Oklahoma State, though. I'm so sick of playing. Every time we get a bowl, yes. big, we play Oklahoma State. I do not want to play their orange asses. So whoever bowl committee out there is – do not put us with Gundy in, in Oklahoma State. Like, I want a Notre Dame. Notre Dame! Something, something, something. Do not put us with Oklahoma State. Like, we've had two big bowl games. How many bowl games we played them? Three? Two or three big uh, bowl games? I'm like, dude, I don't want to freaking see Mike Gundy or Oklahoma State. Get out of here. Like, let's play somebody else. The Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, I just, no more. No more. <laughs> yes. No more. Done with them, dude. We can't do around the circle because no other teams in the SEC played on Thanksgiving night, but we can do a turning point. We haven't done it in a long time. Turning point of the game. Now, both of us want to point to the three drop passes and a missed field goal for Mississippi State. But what really stuck out as another turning point for you? I think whenever we stopped them there, um, I think it was, you know, 10, whatever. Um, they got the ball, a quick three and out, and then we punched it in there. I think that was kind of the, oh, boy, here we go. Went up 17 to six. Um, that kind of had the feel like, okay, almost just a better team. You know, it was a close first half, but but they missed they missed those you know their three touchdowns whatever. We come out, they get the ball back. What you think about this now? Now I know there's a, there's a stat out there. It's called the double score, and Bruce Aarons real big on this about scoring before half, getting the ball and scoring again. I think like 86 percent of the time, you win the game when you do that or something crazy. He's always used to emphasize that, but they score right there and get the ball and score again. I mean, you're talking about something totally different. So we were able to stop them there and then come out and stop them three and out. Um, get the ball and score right away, and that 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 to me was the turning point in the game. I don't have an intro for this. I guess I could get my oldest Gracie to come in and record one, but I'm too lazy to do it. An unsung hero from this game is who? I got one in mind. You're never going to guess it. Mac Brown, dude. Hey, I you know what? He he was asking somebody else to give a helmet sticker to. Dude, was he out there not knocking necks off? On That's the, what on I'm the, saying. The for the brand dude, was Mac Brown doing please. it. Please. Please go watch Mac Brown. We need to figure out a way to get Pat. I know Pat Beckley, so I'll send him. I'm gonna send him some Mac Brown clips 
and see if he could somewhat put it on the show. Um, dude, dude knocked next like twice, um, which was, which was huge for him. I thought it was kind of cool. He was like, you know what? You know, I'm gonna pick one game this year. Where I'm gonna go down and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bind to the rivalry. I'm playing linebacker today. I'm kicking off and playing linebacker. Had some big hits. I was gonna give him a helmet sticker. That's pretty cool. Though. I'm glad you saw that as well. Two tackles, one solo. Mac Brown bringing the wood against Mississippi State. Good on him. He was doing kickoffs too because why? Caden Costa was out. He was suspended after failing a test. Not an academic test. We're talking about pissing hot. We're saying some ugly words. Sorry. Brad's fired up and his energy is bleeding into my energy and getting me fired. <laughs> I'm always fired up for one egg bowl. Uh, my unsung hero, dude. I'm gonna give it to um I'm gonna give it to Eli Aker, man. I think that um you know, Aker. a couple weeks Acker, sorry. Um, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get his name right for the future. Um, I, I struggled with that too over the years. My, my last name always gets butchered. But um, Soul, Bradley Soul. It's always been Soul. Dude. That's like my stage name. It's actually Soul. But um, <laughs> Eli, I mean, the, the last couple, the last couple games, man, he's felt in, and I think he's he's became a starter. I mean, he's became a. He, you really didn't see much from him as far as you know getting beat, all that. I mean, he's kind of felt in there and done, done a nice job and kind of shored up, um, you know, a spot that that, that we needed filled and. I think this bodes well for him going into the future. It's um, bodes. Good... See, you messed that up again. You keep you did it to me. Sorry. <laughs> it bodes well. It bodes well for him going into the future because, um, you know, he gets some good experience. He gets to go into the off season. Now he knows, hey, I'm a starter. Um, lift hard. Get my body right. I'm, a, I'm an SEC guy. And he comes in, and I think he, he propels into being a pretty good, pretty good offensive lineman for us. Give a lot of credit to Reese McIntyre too. Stepping in, Eli Acker had to come out for a little bit. He steps in and played well. I think Ole Miss has a little bit more depth than we thought they did, maybe on the offensive line. Yeah, that's that's been my thought all year. I mean, the guys like Eli and and, and McIntyre, they've been here a while, and um, that's why I was you know kind of worried. Like, hey, well, you know, I thought we had a little more depth than this, but um, but yeah, I think we do. And, they, and there's guys like that 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 have been here a couple of years, and it's time for them to either you know turn the corner and start being reliable guys are getting in, or you know they probably probably aren't going to pan out. So I think that's cool to see those two guys, um, you know, getting in there and, and we'll have a chance for the, for them to, to get in there next year and be, be key pieces of this. The Egg Bowl road team has now won five of the last seven games. That's wild to me. I used to pick the home team every single time. It was a pick them. Not anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, I, it, we're, we're far for, removed from – I mean, I never forget the, there was like a game, you know, during the bad years where they ran for a gazillion yards. It's like the Fitzgerald kid ran for a gazillion yards on us or something. But, you know, a lot, long time removed from that. And, and we, we've done well down there. We really have. It's kind of kind of been one of those places where, you know, we, we really should have won a 19, but we won, what, 15, 17. Should have won a 19 and won this year. So we've almost won the last four times. We won three out of the last four down there, which has turned into maybe um, maybe maybe our house as well. Corral. Oh, I see what you did there. Corral. Oh, threw me off. Ranks number three in career passing yards with 8,272 yards. He's only the third Ole Miss quarterback to surpass 8,000 yards. He's thrown 57 career passing touchdowns. That's number three in program history. He's number three in the Ole Miss career record book in completions, and he's just the fifth Ole Miss Rebel quarterback to surpass 500 career completions. He's number four in Ole Miss history in career passing attempts, number three in career total offense with 9,593 total yards, tied for ninth in Ole Miss single season with 12 rushing touchdowns. Dontario Drummond's 13 receptions, just one shy of a school record for the most in a single game. He now has three 100-yard Games on the season four for his career. The fourth straight game and fifth time overall this season that the Ole Miss defense didn't allow a first half touchdown. Give a lot of credit to DJ Dirk. Whew. Man, I don't know what happened after that Arkansas game, but um, but shit hit the fan and it was a different it was a different defense. I I, I mean, I, I I'd heard there was some commotion after that game. Yeah, you know, maybe some heart to heart went on, but he kind of did his own thing after that, and and it it. It, it was not the same Ole Miss defense, you know, throughout the rest of the year. It was actually a very, very solid Ole Miss defense. Only the second time this season Mississippi State was held without a touchdown in the first half. The other, Alabama. Ole Miss is now 39 total sacks on the season, which ties for the second most in program history. Pay Randall Joyner. Bump him. They're going to come after him. Every school that needs a defensive line or maybe co-defensive coordinator, he's going to be coveted. Give that man, pay that man his money. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, do you remember what year where, where, where we beat this amount of sacks? Cause I mean, I can't remember. It was, it would have been Oh eight or I, the first yeah, thing I, that I pops into my brain. The first year that pops into my brain is 2008, but I just don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That was, that was the year we were, we went sack crazy, but, um, man, we had that many sacks. 
with rushing three. Now, now rushing I'm sure three. a lot of our I'm sure a lot of our sacks were blitzes, but I mean, we had one guy that had what twelve and a half, and and think about how many times Sam Williams almost got the sack. He could have had a twenty sack year, honestly. Like that's how dominant he was this season. Um, just impressive stuff, and yeah, man, pay the D line coach. Not not only that, he can recruit out of this world too. Sam Williams, twenty two and a half career sacks. He's third in the Ole Miss career record books in modern day record books. He's now seventh all time in career tackles for loss with thirty two point five. Jesse Mitchell, Kendrick Clans. Kendrick Clancy and Sam Williams. <laughs> that's, wow. That's crazy. That's, that's a pretty good company. And you know what? Imagine if like a Sam Williams had a, had a parade Jerry at three technique or somebody like that, that he yeah. got to actually no actually knocking like, Katie Hill, but come on. Yeah. But, it, but it's not even that. It's just he, he that they're playing a three down where you got a nose. So both guards are uncovered. Meaning he can never go inside because if he does, he's going to get his head knocked off by the guard. Not only that, they had a running back outside of him, chipping him at times too. So you're really three on one most of the night. Um, you, you, usually, when you have that three technique over the guard, you know he's got to block his guy one on one, which gives you free gives a tackle a tougher job. So he never got to really do an inside move without having a guard in his ear. So that's that's people realize how how impressive it is to be able to get sacks. They got sacks on when they rushed two tonight. They they, they rushed two and, and got a sack on a play. So um, that's pretty darn good. Mac Brown registered his second career multi-tackle game. <laughs> he tallied two total tackles against Alabama in 2019. I would venture to guess in 2019, he didn't bring out the hit stick like he did against Mississippi State. He was feeling himself. Go out with the bang, Mac Brown. I love it. Mac Brown doing the thing. Let's answer <laughs> your questions. Bell time. The, the nail's here. You've got mail. Special mail for you. This is a letter to Hollywood saying, keep it up. Movies are great. Open up the Modern Woman mailbag to answer your questions. Ole Miss beats Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl. 31 to 21. Hunter Kinneberg leads us off at Hunt Kinneberg. Why does Ole Miss refuse to do anything but run up the middle on critical fourth downs? Um, well, I think I think they had the right play call there. I think I think that, that first fourth down was on Matt. He should have pulled it. If you go back and look, that they had a guy for the quarterback, but he kind of got caught down inside. And um, I think he should have pulled it there. I think if he pulls it, he actually gets a big gain there. But if you go back and look, um, I think there's times where he probably he should have pulled that one for sure. Paul Mahan at Uncle Paul Mahan. Since the first highlight after the game was a Dawson Knox touchdown. I think he had two against the Saints on Thanksgiving night. How many did he have in college? That'd be a goose egg. Zero. Thanks, Phil Longo. Paul Mahan. I saw rumblings, but nothing official. What happened with Costa? He was suspended because of a failed test. Evan O at Evan LMNOP. Why are we awesome? And who was cutting onions during Matt's post-game interview? <laughs> yeah, I man, I think um, you know we're awesome because we're, we're, we play as a team, and, and it seemed like this team just had a little bit of different, um, you know, different attitude to them. These guys have been through some tough times, and I think that all kind of came came to one for Matt. Hey, I went out with a bang, best season in almost history. Um, not only that, he's he's probably going to be a first round pick. And you know, when you're out there playing during the year, you're not really thinking about that kind of stuff too much. But then, you know, he I feel like at that moment he kind of got to sit back and like maybe enjoy some of his work more so than than what he's what he's done all year. So, um, yeah, to to win, win on, I could see why he was emotional, especially winning that game. Um, you know, doing some, some going, basically going down in, his, in Ole Miss history and then, then walk, going, going away with a pretty dominant egg bowl is, is just a cherry on top, man. COVID-free MD at Dan E.D. N-E-Y-M-D. Why do the other SEC schools allow the irresponsible ringing like we saw tonight get rid of cowbells? Every other SEC school has had a problem with the cowbells, but the SEC has granted an exemption for Mississippi State that allows them to, quote, ring responsibly. Is it a competitive advantage? Yes. Is there anything you can do about it that anyone can do about it? No. No, just beat their beat their ass down there at their place. You that's are fired saying. up tonight. Holy cow. <laughs> just jumping yeah, in, dropping bombs. Listen to you. Good grief. <laughs> Matt Barnhouse at Matt Barnhouse. Why won't she text me back, Ben? Because she's Netflix and chilling with someone else other than you, Matt. <laughs> Prince Regent Weenus. At a bra cool dad, bro. If Alabama loses to Georgia, do you think they take Ole Miss's New Year's six spot? Um, I think 
I don't know, I man. I would think so, um, just because, um, you know, I mean, it's Alabama, dude. They're gonna they're gonna attract a big crowd, um, whatever. But I, and I would argue, I'd argue actually against that, though. Um, you know, the whole notion of hey, Alabama, but they probably won't be as excited about it as an Ole Miss fan base would be. So you probably you may get a little more turnout by Ole Miss. So I don't know, man. I think I think they they probably get it because you know they're gonna want to see an Alabama Notre Dame whatever matchup that comes from that. Won't matter. Ole Miss is going to a New York Six Bowl. It's going to be the peach or the sugar. Yeah. Even if yeah. Alabama loses, I think Alabama's positioned to go to the playoff, regardless of two losses or not. The committee wants them in the playoff, but even if they don't make the playoff, there is going to be room for Ole Miss because think about all the other teams that you could consider. And I talked to a lot of different bowl people in regards to this. I know the Peach Bowl wants Ole Miss. I know the Sugar Bowl absolutely wants Ole Miss. So as long as you have access bowls that want you. And assuming that Ole Miss will be one of the few really appealing two lost teams in the country with 10 wins in the regular season, they're going to an access bowl. The floor is the cap one bowl, but they're not going to the cap one bowl. They played their way out of it. At nine and three, they're probably going to the cap one bowl. Now it's the peach of the sugar. I think they're pretty much locked into that. Paul Mahan at Uncle Paul Mahan. Do we really have to play an untimed down when the game is not in the balance? Yeah, I thought that was kind of well, kind of kind of when I go back to saying Lane was kind of into this game. He called that timeout. Um, at the end of the game for, I don't know if he was let, trying to let it soak in or what, but, um, that was pretty, pretty, pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. The game should have been over there. Um, there's no, especially when the score's out of hand, it would just it would prevent any injury or prevent any, um, you know, any chippiness that happened. Paul Mahan at uncle Paul Mahan hammer Turkey. Um, I, I like deep fried Cajun Turkey. I don't really care for the, the boiled Turkey or whatever. Um, either honey ham or deep fried Cajun Turkey. All ham is from the devil. So turkey, turkey, and turkey. Thankful boy at Kilo Justin. Is Lane Kiffin a great troll or the greatest troll? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. He he certainly is. Um, can come off a little different at times, especially in his interviews. You know, I just wasn't really feeling it after that Vandy game. He looked a little down. You got all the rumors of him leaving. Um, you know, he's talking about, talking about the egg ball. Hey, you know, whatever, we're trying to be best friends and you go out there and he's just fired. Like, that's what I like to see. I think, um, I think he was enjoying himself tonight. He did. He certainly seemed like a guy that was all in tonight. Morgan Montgomery at Morgan M one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Do you think Matt plays in the bowl game? I think he does. I think he does. Yeah. My I God. think he does. I man. think he does. Yeah. <laughs> If Matt wasn't going to play in the bowl game, he wouldn't have immediately the first couple of runs tried to absolutely lower his shoulder and obliterate um, obliterate the, old, the uh, Mississippi State defense. See, I disagree with that. He's playing. That dude. says that he's leaving it all out in the field for his last game. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I think yeah, he's playing. Yeah, but, but, but the reason why he wouldn't play would be injuries. So the last thing he wants to do is blow out his shoulder in the Mississippi State game. So I, I think that that showed me right there that if he's willing to go out there and, and take shots, you know, like that, you know, in November, you know, a couple months before he's going to be thrown for the draft, um, you know, I think he's, I think he's going to play. Joe Tessitore said something late in the game. If the Sugar Bowl or the Peach Bowl is not good enough to get the best players to play, it's time to reform the postseason in college football. Yeah. It's already past time to reform it. Yeah, man, those are, those are historic bowl games. Um, you know, if, they, if guys are not really caring to play in those, then it's just time to to, to make a you know playoff and, and do away with the other crap. It's time to do it anyway. We got a playoff, but it's insufficient. Dave at Gunboat Dave for fun. You can play any team in the nation for a bowl game. Who do y'all want to play and why? Notre Dame. Notre Dame or Oklahoma. I'd like to see an Oklahoma matchup. Not Oklahoma State. Gosh, I'm like, not Oklahoma State. But <laughs> anybody but Oklahoma, Oklahoma State for Brad, yeah. <laughs> anybody but yeah, anybody Oklahoma State. Of course, the one year we got a Sugar Bowl, Oklahoma State's ranked right there around us. So, um, gosh, almighty, please beat them, Oklahoma. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I, I, I think Oklahoma or Notre Dame would be pretty cool. Um, and and yeah, maybe maybe a Cincinnati, even though I think they're getting in the playoffs, but Cincinnati would be cool. Ryan Cole at R Cole underscore 91. How have the Rebs not signed this man, Lane Kiffin, to a deal he would never turn down? They're trying. Eight million yeah. a year? They're trying. Blake Taylor at Dish Boost Blake. What round of the draft has Sam played himself into? Uh, yeah, I think that's a tricky question. That's going to go off need. Um, but, you know, based off his production and the way he's going to test, um, I think he's going to be, you know, I think he could be in the top three rounds. I think the only thing that, that he's going to have to really do well. And, um, you know, this is kind of a personal thing 
you know, I know he had some off the field issues and sometimes, you know, they can, they can really harp on that. But if he goes in those interviews and, and shows some maturity and shows that, you know, he's regretful for those things and that he, um, you know, is looking forward in the future, I think he, he's going to have to do really well in his interviews and he's going to test well. So he'll have a, he'll have a shot being the top three rounds. If, um, if he can really, you know, convince some teams that, Hey, I've matured and, and, um, it can be a guy that if you pay money to, I can go be, be, be a good, um, good locker room guy, be a good player and not going to really provide you any liabilities off the field. Trey Tripp at Hat Trip 44. Why does Lane hate Mac Brown? He doesn't hate Mac Brown, but if he did, it's because he's a punter. Luke Altmeyer <laughs> stand at Teddy B67. Thinking about next year, do we not have faith in Altmeyer? He looked good against Auburn for a few plays he was in. Tennessee game doesn't count. I know the portal is obvious move for quarterback, but is there any chance he's the guy? Yeah, there's certainly a chance he's a guy, and there's certainly a chance he'll have a great offseason and become that guy. But the last thing you want to do is go into the season with all your eggs in that basket. I think it's just common practice to bring in legit competition. And, you know, there's no guarantee that if you bring in a guy, look at Georgia, they brought in JT Daniels and he's not the starter. So um, you bring in a guy and you, and you push, you know, you have at least two good options that are pushing each other. And um, the last thing you want to do is get caught in the season and and not have anybody behind them or or have any kind of competition at that position. It's college, man. You get a bunch of spots, bring as many good players in as you can. Hell, bring in two quarterbacks if you can and, and, and let, let them all battle it out. Tyler Johnson at Johnny Tyler 82 has DJ Durkin saved his job. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think he, he did that a long time ago. Yeah. Unless him and Lane have some kind of difference or he wants to move on to, to a a different spot. um, I think that he, he more than proved himself down the stretch. Matter of fact, he is, he's a reason we won some of these games down the stretch, especially the A&M game. Um, You know, he, his defense was, was kind of kept us, kept us alive here at the end. Never say never with Lane. If the Randy Clement situation taught us anything, never say never and know that Lane Kiffin does the unpredictable. Tyler Johnson at Johnny yeah. Tyler 82. He's not going to fire DJ Durkin. Tyler Johnson. Yeah, also, uh, where do you rank uh, Sam Williams with the all-time Ole Miss defensive ends? Dude, I mean, if you're – he's he's up there, man. And, and, and the reason why I'm saying that is because he did it like no other defensive ends ever done at Ole Miss. He's he had never had the luxury of rushing next to a three technique and eating the guard up. You know, he's always had to do it with um, in a three down front and was it was super productive. I mean, uh, honestly, if I'm choosing my DN, um, you going through Ole Miss history. He's up there. He's one of the first guys off my board. He's top five. He, he did it. He did it with. I mean, it wasn't like he had a bunch of bunch of you know dogs on the D line. Greg Hardy played with Parade Jerry and some of the other ones. He's a great player, but, you know, he. He certainly Sam Williams didn't have some of the stuff around him that some of these other guys had. Brody Clayton at Brody Allen to wrap us up. Even though it wasn't dramatic, this has to be the best Egg Bowl win in history, right? In history, I don't know about in history. One of the most dominant. Nothing will ever top the 2008 bloodletting of Ole Miss beating up on Mississippi State. That game was violent, and you actually started to feel bad for Mississippi State. It depends on what you think is good. Now, these teams were more evenly matched. So for Ole Miss to dominate a team that was more evenly matched with them, then yes, it is better than the 2008 game. But if you're just looking for the Ole Miss outcome, nothing tops 2008 because that game was disgusting. Yeah, 2008 was fun. I'll never forget that one. Um, was was definitely definitely a, a dominant performance. I think tonight's was solid, though, man. If you look at it um, from, a, from what we accomplished from winning that game, um, especially whenever you know we were we were three point underdogs somewhere in there. I think the line just kept dropping, meaning that no one had any faith, which is great because they judge us off of what we do versus Bandy and Liberty and crap like that, and don't realize that um, yeah we went to Tennessee and beat them. Uh, we beat Arkansas at home. We crushed A and M, and we went to Mississippi State and beat them. So you know people get too caught up in what we did in um, you know in games that didn't really really matter. So um, yeah, I think it was certainly one of the better ones. Matt Corral tweets after the game, Ole Miss football down in history. Love this team with all my heart. Hashtag, we aren't done yet. Does that sound like somebody that's not going to play in the bowl game? He's playing in the bowl game, dude. I, I, I would be game. shocked. I mean, it just, it just, there's, he's not that kind of guy, first off. I mean, you saw him tonight. He, he was, he was Two out years there. ago, Matt Corral, maybe. This Matt Corral, no. Yeah, this, I think this team is too important. It, it would just be an odd, I mean, it'd be an odd look. Final thoughts following Ole Miss's 31-21 win over Mississippi State in the 94th Battle of the Golden Egg. You know, all in all, I think this goes to that. I mean, peep, peep, you know where I'm going with this. Just a great season all around. Um, you know, just just unbelievable for, for this group of guys 
that just two years ago were, were scratching and barely win a game. Um, you know, so a lot of the same players, a lot of these guys stuck it out. Um, you know, Matt Corral, his development is, has been unbelievable, but just, just overall, man, a cool accomplishment. And, and I hope that, that, that all Ole Miss fans, if, if, you know, you can financially handle it, um, get down there to this ball game. Let's, let, let's create a good environment to, for whoever we play. Let's, let's be almost always travels well to ball games, but you know, let's get down to this fill up that stadium and let's, um, you know, let's go out. How, how about how, how cool would 11 and two look in Ole Miss history books? So let's hang a banner hang a better in the facility that um that has something to be remembered and um let's let's get it going i feel pretty good about um about us winning that last game this has been the blue delta jeans post game show our thanks to blue deltas for sponsoring the post game show all year it's been fun outside of the vanderbilt game which was just an absolutely atrocious game and i'll let you all down i'm sorry but we come back after the egg bowl and it's a celebration because Ole Miss wins 31 to 21 over mississippi state if you haven't already subscribed it review talk of champions and itunes and when you do leave a five-star review it doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast just simply search talk of champions and i write for the Ole Miss spirit omspirit.com and affiliate of on3.com and a lot of you are probably listening to this on black friday and if you are go to the Ole Miss spirit if you're not a subscriber already and sign up for a black friday deal of 50 percent off tell your friends because the Ole Miss spirit's the place to be brad's there he's talking every single day so come join us at the Ole Miss spirit omspirit.com and affiliate of on3.com it was fun man we'll do it again see you ben howdy toddy save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.